Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to the ninth episode of the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall. And we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. On tonight's show, we are going to give you our way too early top five fantasy rankings for the wide receiver position and, although against my will, the kicker position as well. Kevin, how are you doing this evening? Good. I had a glorious day, Bobby. As you know already. Uh, I took my little lady down to Rundle Mills Mall to the Lego store, our first ever venture to such a place. We wanted to go for a long time, but couldn't because of the Rona and other things. What a glorious, glorious store. I could have I walked out there spending a couple grand and with a big giant smile on my face. We didn't, but ooh-wee, what a wonderful, wonderful place. Good for you, man. I uh, mean, not so great. A little under the weather. I'm... Uh... Three, I had to get COVID tested three days in a row at work, negative each time. Um, went to the doctors finally. They it's a mix of maybe some bronchitis, some allergies, got something going on. So if I'm sound a little hoarse, I apologize. Um, and I learned something from our last episode is and the reason if you were watching the video last week, I tried to do a little air drum solo with the intro music. Um, but one of my students, you know, and most of the people listening to the show know I'm a teacher in real life, comes up to me and goes, hey, uh, coach, I, you know, I listen to your, your show. It's awesome. What's up with your rhythm, though? And so at that point, I'd only listened to the show. I hadn't watched it yet. So I watched the video. And apparently what I'm hearing isn't in, in the same time as the video. So I was way off cue with my drumming and looked like an idiot. So I had to, I had to put the pause on that one and not had to hold back. Okay, I mean, that that just goes with your general mantra, the whole looking like an idiot thing. So I wouldn't beat yourself up too much. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Try not to do it too often on this show. Um, And I saw an interesting question posted on Twitter. It was, should pass interference yards be counted in fantasy? And if so, does a wide receiver get them? Does the quarterback get them? Do they both get them? And I thought this was interesting because – a big part of the game now because they throw so many flags for PI it they will just run plays expecting pass interference. If nobody's covered and the quarterback knows there's a nine route, he'll just lob it up. It'll be incomplete or maybe they'll get lucky for a pass interference. What do you think? I think this question is nothing new. It's been around for ever, especially nowadays when, when receivers, man, they can burn you quick and it's much better to give up 35 yards and with a dead ball, then 35 yards plus another 35 and six. I, I don't know how I think. I think everything factors in the way it is. You, you'd have to, if you started adding all that, you're going to have to then cut back on the points. You're going to have to make the yards worth less. Otherwise, receivers are going to start their services that are going to be doubling up running backs and quarterbacks. The way it all is now, it's all sort of equitable depending on your scoring format, let's say my leagues are a little bit more quarterback heavy. So they're usually a lot of the top spots, not all of them. Uh, so you could, you're going to really throw off that whole dynamic and to, then to rein receivers back in, you'll just have to lower the points. So when you get, when you look at it from that perspective, why bother? Right. Why yeah, bother? And, and why would you want to, to that's going to then with quarterbacks, it's going to really favor those who are constantly behind and just chucking the ball up endlessly and hoping for a lucky PI getting all kinds. You'll end up with a quarterback with 700 yards. You really only had 350 
And then another three, well, there's not going to be that many, but you know what I'm saying? You're going to get an awful lot of yards that they didn't really earn. I, I don't have an issue with it. What, what I'd actually like to see in the NFL is get rid of the whole spot foul anyway. I'd love to go to the college. Just mug yards. a guy. 15 yards, first down, clock stopped, move on. I don't like this thing where you just chuck it up, pray for an interference. Some 78-year-old dude who can barely even keep up with the play throws a PI when it clearly wasn't. I've never, I've never been big on that in the first place. So uh I, I'd rather just get rid of all that crap and just make it 15. Then we wouldn't, this wouldn't even be a question. What would be a lot more flags if it's only 15 yards? There would be. Uh, and it would definitely devalue the running back position. Um, I, I'm good to keep things the way they are. We'll see, though. Times they are changing, like kickers. They're getting kicked out of fantasy uh, sports teams, and team defenses are getting the boot, too. So maybe five years from now, this will be a different conversation. Yeah, it could be. I hope not. I think that would be shenanigans. You might, might even have to make just a completely different category then. I, uh, like say in baseball, I, I ran a fantasy baseball league for many years. And the number, the category, especially if you're doing a rotisserie, the categories are endless. You can almost just make up your own if you really wanted to. Football, it's a little different because you're getting paid, you're getting points based specifically on certain plays and how they're structured. So I, I don't, I don't know how you'd really factor in and not make it, frankly, pretty stupid. Well, that's interesting choice of words, um, stupid. Because another topic that we haven't really touched on too much is the Deshaun Watson thing. I'm going to bring it up now because of some new news. Uh, the New York Times came out. Um, they they did a report. Dude, Deshaun Watson may never play football again. Now, the Browns are talking that they may have. Well, they're not talking. Your your best friend Mike Florio is talking. You know, he is a lawyer, so he he, he knows more know than most stuff. on yeah right on this topic. He does. But the 24th count that just came out was not in the Browns' radar. So they might be able to use that to get out of this contract if they wanted to. Now, they're not going to get any draft compensation back, but they should be able to recoup a lot of um, the contract. The New York Times report said there were at least 66 encounters with Deshaun Watson and a massage therapist of some sort over a 17-month period. Some of those girls – were asked to sign non-disclosures that were given to them by the head of security of the Houston Texans. Now, the Houston Texans are going to be able to get out of it. I, they're going to come out and they're going to say, why did they make him sign non-disclosures? Well, you know, Deshaun, maybe if he had a sore shoulder, he would um, share that information with the therapist and we wouldn't want her saying anything to anybody else and give another team a competitive advantage, something like that. They'll be able to get out of it. But no matter what, the optics of that are not great. No, they're not. He is. I've told you from the beginning, you you are a kinder person to me with a lot of things. And you wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt from the beginning. I did. And, and I was behind that because, right, you should be convicted, not just by the press. But as it kept going on, I kept telling you, like, look at this, dude. Every day it's something new. It's so new. And now we think finally there's going to be some end game here and boom two more women coming out 66 women in 17 months that he's going after many of them saying right from the beginning he made it very clear he wanted some sort of interactions uh inappropriate interactions during these massages then the 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 shield is going to cover the texans you're right 
it doesn't matter what they did. The shield will cover them. And the shield is worth $9 billion a year. So they're going to be able to do it. The Browns and the court of public opinion are getting, it's getting uglier by the day. Like, w- would it surprise you if they cut the cord by this weekend just to save face? Cause it's, it's getting ugly now that dude, I, I, I don't know what to say. He, he seemed like one of these amazing human beings that everything you're talking about, all the money he donated, all the time, did, all these projects he's put together, all these charities he's put together. And it turns out he's just, what, what, what are we compensating for? He's overcompensating for the evil that's, that's going down. Yeah. I, I don't know. So, and then the, the most disturbing of all this that's come out that Florio brought out. Cause again, yes, Florio's not my favorite person because he likes to start trouble, but he is a lawyer and he knows his stuff is all these interactions between the DA who was in charge of prosecuting this and looking into it to prosecute it, all these texts, emails, personal meetings with his, with Watson's lawyer, Harden. It just looks so bad. Like what people are saying it from sure the beginning, this, all these women were saying in the beginning, he'll get away with all of it because he's a rich, famous athlete and he can throw a football really well. And he got no charges filed, zero. It's almost like total collusion between the state and his people. It's it's mind boggling. And how do people put up with it? I don't know. It's wrong. I mean, if it was me as a teacher, I'd be buried. Well, yeah, almost anybody, regardless of your job, if you're not a super rich athlete or a super rich movie star, or whatever, you get away. We get away with nothing. They get away with everything. But the, the evidence is getting damning. And it in the court of public it opinion. Is. Now that because this isn't just now hearsay, these are things that are coming out in the court documents. This isn't just like third party stuff. This is being now released by the state and some, I guess, by the NFL a little bit. I don't don't know how the guy ever plays again. I don't know how any team could ever sign him again if if the Browns do let him go. And you and I discussed today, where is Baker Mayfield fit into all of this? Because, you know, I've told you what I wanted to do. I want them to cut him, them go kiss his butt, and he just up yours, guys. I'm not going to ever play a down for you. I either want that. I, I think we talked about this um, yesterday on the phone. I either want that or I want him to come in and play for them on the last year of his contract, and I want him to ball out and then try to re-sign him, and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going somewhere else. Out. I would love it. I'd love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, they're they're in a real pickle here, the Browns, for lack of a better it, term, a real it's gonna pickle. Be, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, how it turns out. And, and I really hope the one thing that doesn't happen is they just continue to let this guy make forty five million dollars a year to be on the commissioner's exemplars. Like, what a crock! Make a be, freaking stand, mm-hmm. Goodell. You're right. doing this guy a favor. Forty five million a year to do nothing, to just sit on the couch hey. and maybe go get a couple more massages it if the if the nfl can ostracize colin kaepernick for taking a knee surely they can they can kick this guy to the curb yeah i mean he didn't even do anything illegal he made a lot of people angry and upset he did nothing illegal right and and i think i want to mention too the one thing we talked about that dodgers pitcher i can't remember anything because i don't follow baseball hardcore anymore that got two years suspension for a consensual relationships that sure most people seems a little out there but consensual the text proved it two years this guy has 24 different women 
suing him. 24. And more keep coming out the woodwork. Parsa, you know, 23 and 24 came out because they saw that CBS interview and were like, right. you're freaking kidding me. It's like this guy's being rewarded for what he did. He has no, what's what's the word? Uh, when you remorse. feel that remorse, zero remorse for any of it. The Browns obviously are rewarding him and they were just fed up and like, you know what? Okay, well, we're jumping on board then. I'm tired of this. It's wild. It is. Well, let's uh, let's cheer this this podcast up a bit. And here's a, a little fun get your bell rung stat. I think I think we need an actual bell that we can we can ring. We'll, we'll get um, order us a couple on Amazon. I'll send one to your house. All right. Each year there's an average turnover of seven wide receivers in the top 12 as far as fantasy goes. So every year, more than half of the wide receiver ones won't be the following year. In order to get a little more specific into our exercise, since we're only doing top five, I went back uh, to 2016. And since then, so in 2016, we had one receiver repeat top five production. Then it jumped up to four in 2017. Then we had two repeat, then one. And last year, we only had one. So there's probably only going to be one or two guys from last year's top five in this year's top five. So just think about that as we go in here. Um, and I'll give you my number one. It is definitely the consensus number one. I don't like being consensus, but when you have a year like Cooper Cup had, it's tough not to be. Um, I actually don't think you are. I could be wrong, uh, but I got him at two. Um, okay, yeah, right. Uh, not many other people will. We, we basically both have one A and one B. Right. <laughs> Cooper Cup had 191 targets. He had 145 catches. He beat out the second best receiver in fantasy, Debo Samuel, by 67 points. That's three full really good games. Um, he's also the guy Stafford looks for when it counts. He's had 16 receiving touchdowns. There's only 12 guys in the league that average more targets a game than Cup averaged receptions a game. So there are only 12 guys that have more targets a game than Cup had catches. That's that's impressive. He has a 75% catch rate. There are only two guys with over 100 targets that were better than that. He was eighth in yards a target. So he's not just running screens and slants. And here's an interesting one. He had the third most broken tackles by a wide receiver. I know he got more opportunities than most, but who thinks a Cooper Cup when someone says broken tackles? This dude's got it all, man. He and he blocks. He's got everything. Oh, he's a he's a football player, right? I don't care what position you put him. You could put him in there at center. You could put him in at safety. You put him in defensive end. The dude's going to play all out. He might get thrown around, but he's going to play all out like it's last play of the Super Bowl. I have uh, him uh, just at two because of you know my man crush on JJ. Sure, um, we'll get to him in just a minute. Right? Why can't he repeat a lot of this? An interesting stat you may have seen in your research of the guys in in, in like five receivers that have ever caught at least sixteen touchdowns in a season. They averaged only six point six the very next season. I also heard of receivers that get over, see the 300 or 300 fantasy points. I can't remember exactly what Cooper cup had. I think this is talking full point PPR. So I'd raise it up a little bit, right. but they averaged a drop of 118 points the next year. That's I think I heard that. Uh, I think Michael Fabiano dropped that on Sirius XM radio yesterday. Cool. And I think it's for one reason only defensive coordinator, study, 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 study right. that person, the all season. And that, 
every defensive game plan the next year is to stop that player. You have to. You have to. Cooper Cup owned games. I mean, it, it wasn't even like it was fair. The Super Bowl, the second half, man amongst boys. The dude's open by five, six yards on every play. Nobody can tackle him. He's outrunning people. He's knocking people over. It's The dude is just a, a monster. Uh, yes. If he ends up one again, it doesn't happen often where you get the same guy two years in a row. I won't right. remotely be surprised. Not even not, not at all. a little bit. No, no one with more than 70 targets had a higher QB rating uh, when getting thrown to than Cup. It was 124. Do you know who had the highest QB rating when getting thrown to? I don't. I need my bell. Get your bell rung. Randall Cobb. Okay. 141 QB rating when getting thrown to. I, you could have given me 200 guesses. I wouldn't have said Randall For Cobb. last season? How many catches yeah. did he have, though? Because it's probably not many. Right. Yeah, it was low. And there was that one game where right. he had like three catches for 19 yards and two touchdowns, which shoots it through the roof. I know because I played him that week and uh, I believe in our in once and done. Um, so uh, that, that could be had, a really skewed number. But I got I Cobb mean, had 28 catches on 39 targets. I What I would look for with Cup is for somebody. Again, I have him at two, but it's more like one A, one B. I would want somebody to tell me, why is he not going to be one? Because I can't come up with a good reason why he wouldn't. The way he's used, this isn't like just some lucky dude where you're just chucking up 50-yard bombs all the time. He had a few right. extra long scores that added up. He he plays everything. They, they line him up all over the place. He probably even had a few rushes, didn't he? It, it doesn't matter who else is on the field with him because, I mean, Woods went down. Didn't matter. Just he does going, have Allen Robinson along. coming back. Or not After coming back, but throwing, coming into the fold. Him, so. I, I can't really see a reason why he isn't in the top two, at least. I hear you. Um, my number two is your number one, and that's our our boy we love, J.J., Justin Jefferson. He's been in the league two years. That's resulted in wide receiver six, wide receiver four, and I'm no mathematician, but that just tells me this year he's going to be wide receiver two. He has just shy of 200 catches and over 3,000 yards in his two seasons. Last year, he averaged almost 10 targets a game, and he only had less than seven targets twice. So that shows you not only can this dude ball out and be explosive and score points for you, he's going to be more consistent with getting that many targets um, from game to game. Another thing helping him is the Vikings coaching staff. They came out and said, look, we are committed to throwing the ball more, so that should automatically give Jefferson some more looks. Plus, the defense can't focus on him. He's got Adam Thielen on the other side. Now, he'll be 32 when the season starts, but he's still a solid receiver. He's got They got a running game in Dalvin Cook. It's the it's the Bengals situation, right? You got a good receiver. The running game is also good. You got a good running game because the receiver and the quarterback are good. It all works together. Um, and if you need anything else, he was number one in air yards last year. He was number one in deep targets. Number three in target share with 30%, and he was fourth in total routes run. This dude is a beast. Yeah, 27% target share, 44% yep. uh, number one air yards. It's, it's just crazy. He also has Irv Cross, we've discussed. There's another person just opening things up. He'll come back. Uh, yeah, he's great. The two star, I, I mentioned on the show for a couple stars going, he's kind of a rookie. A couple people asked us who's going to be the number one. You and I, without hesitation, JJ. Other people look at us like we were crazy, but – we were right. And it wasn't just because he's so amazing. It's that situation. And because he's got 
an incredible quarterback who gets no respect from anyone except for us and the Vikings themselves. Kirk Cousins, baby. Slang it. Slang it. What was he last year? 33 and seven? No sounds interceptions. He's terrible. Um, Why can't he do it again? He's another one. Like I said, 1A, 1B. He's going to get the rock constantly. Kevin O'Connell said, yes, they're going to not only pass more, but open up the passing game. It's not going to be three routes that they have to cover, and that's it. J.J. almost like put up these numbers in spite of Zimmer, right? I mean, absolutely. (laughs) talk about a coach that goes out of his way, other than maybe Belichick. Was there another coach last few years that kills receivers more than him? It It was like he tried to run the – the 85 Bears offensive play calls where they yeah, just gave just it to horrible. Walter Payton every play. So you start adding all that up. Why can't this guy just just take it? So uh, I know the answer to your question. So you don't these we'll consider these rhetorical. You don't actually have to actually have to answer them. Well, I'll think be the back judge to, of that. Well, think back to to their uh, draft class. OK, who, who do you want? Yeah, well, his draft class. Um, what's his name from I the Raiders? I wanted Jalen Rager. Who's okay? Here we go. Um, Henry Ruggs, obviously, he's he's out of the picture. He was a first wide receiver off the board that class. But who do you want, Jerry Judy or Justin Jefferson? You want CD Lamb, T Higgins, Michael Pittman? All those guys are good. All those guys might be wide receiver ones this year. Yeah, but Justin Jefferson has the most receptions, the most receiving yards, and touchdowns of anyone in that class. And he has the most passing yards of anyone in the class. It's not a quarterback. Nice. And he has more passing yards than some of the quarterbacks from the class. Nice. What where did he go? Is he 18? Jefferson. Well, where did the Eagles where? pick? It's whatever. One, uh, it was 22. He? I think the Eagles picked 22 and he was 23. Something so he like would that. be 23. I knew he was one after the Eagles. I knew it was somewhere in that that area, like the bot, you know, just after the midway. Yeah, I don't know. The guy's a monster. Imagine your fortunes, how different they could be. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Every time he gets brought up, you bring it up. That's my least favorite pick in Eagles history. I was screaming Justin Jefferson as soon as CeeDee Lamb went to the Cowboys. That's what oh, I wanted. Oh, God, dude. I, I, again, I the everybody, literally, I could see the steam from his ears coming through my phone. It was just amazing. It was – it. because even go before the draft, we had talked about J.J. and – where he's going to go? What's he going to do? And you are hoping and praying. He's just sitting there for you for the. I think you congratulated me. I think before the pick, you congratulated me. On I Justin think Jefferson. I might have. I think you might be right. Like, dude, right in your lap. Great job. Awesome. Congratulations. This couldn't have worked out any better. And now you've got a guy who will most likely be cut in mid-August. He should have been cut last August. He is terrible. He's awful. Huh. He can't run around or catch. You who's not terrible. Stefan Diggs, my number three wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, it, it's tough to think that the number one receiver for the number one quarterback in fantasy land won't be on this list. He wasn't there this past season as he was a seventh wide receiver, but he was third the year before. And his 234 points from that season, if he'd have got him this past year, he'd have made him wide receiver five. So obviously every year is different. You know, more guys stay healthy one year than the mm-hmm. next you know, there are more passing attempts one year, whatever. Um, but it could have been a top five receiver given just the total points from year to year. The boys law or the boys, the bills lost Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders and their 184 combined targets. Now I know I mentioned on here, a lot of times um, vacated targets go to the running back position. 
but the Bills, they only signed Jameson Crowder. So, and they drafted Khalil Shakir in the fifth round from, I think, Boise State. But it makes sense to me that a lot of these vacated targets, and he had 166 last year, I think, should roll right through Diggs. One thing I found that was uh, puzzles me a little bit, and I, because I don't know why. So, Diggs drop off in production from the last two years. It wasn't his targets, 166 to 164. His catches dropped from 125 to 103. All right, so let's look at his yards per reception. They were the same. Okay, so he must have dropped in touchdowns. Nope. He had two more touchdowns this past year. So even though his total production was less, his catch percentage and Allen's quarterback ready when throwing to him, they both dropped. So his catch percentage dropped, so he must have dropped a bunch of passes. He only dropped four balls. So the only thing I can come up with without watching every single Bills game film is that Allen just missed him. He was just just flat out missed him and missed him a bunch. That's the only thing I got, I can come up with. It kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah, that, that would make perfect sense. There's got to be some reason if most of the other stats are pretty much the same. Um, so then I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, maybe you have to go back and watch every game and find out. The numbers weren't so drastically off, I guess, anyway, that, it, that that's not within, you know, reason or any kind of like margin of error of all that type of stuff anyway. But I, I have him in my top 10. I don't have him in my top five. I actually think the opposite of you. I think that because he doesn't have two other really solid receivers anymore, the teams are going to be able to, to, to really uh, hunker down on them just a little bit more. So if you had a pick, would you take Cole Beasley or Jameson Crowder? Cole Beasley. Would you take Gabriel Davis or Emmanuel Sanders? Emmanuel Sanders. That's interesting because I would take the other two. I would take Davis and I would take Crowder yeah. over those two. No. So that well, that explains that explains it then, you know, with that with your theory there for sure. But um, uh, but again, well, you know, what, what what's the word here? We're cutting something, blah, blah, blah. There's some word here I, like I think you nailed it. That was it. Cutting some blah blah blah. Yeah. Yep. Yep, you got it. Splitting hairs. That's the that's the term. We're splitting hairs okay. here. Because he could easily be number two. He could easily be number 12. Don't know. The, the only other yeah. thing I don't like about him is I don't trust him because he's definitely a diva. And I never know any given week if he doesn't get at least five balls thrown to him in the first half, he's going to throw a fit at halftime and decide he's not going to try in the second half. I just I think he's been like that from the beginning. He's a bit of a diva, and I don't trust that. But that said, that offense, he is the guy. Yeah. He's still blazing fast. Uh, he's a Maryland boy. We like that. He was second last year in air yards. Obviously, J.J. was first. He was second in red zone targets and second in total route wins. So he's winning his routes against his defender, which a guy we're going to talk about in a little bit was not so good at that. Um, but look, he can play. He's tough to cover. He gets good looks in high quality spots. And hey, Josh Allen. Anything, oh, that's another thing. It doesn't hurt if you have a guy that could stand there flat foot and chuck the ball seventy yards in the air. Yeah, that that does hurt. And he actually is a red zone target. Did you? I didn't look since he's not in my top five. I didn't study hard there. What's his red zone looks look? What what are they like? How many? I don't know how many off the top of my head. But I um, think he's a pretty. I'd say he's above average in red zone targets as, as far as percentage. He was second in total red zone targets uh, of the wide receivers. I don't know who was one off. Top oh, of okay. Head. Well then there you, that, yeah. So, <clears throat> right. so you always have that. You, you have three more extra touchdowns because of that. Boom. You're up another spot or two. Correct. Correct. Yeah. All right. So, um, 
every, each week, each top five we've done there, I've had a bell ringer in here and here's my bell ringer. And I think this is going to, this is going to get you a little bit, but my number four right now, Mike Williams. And before I dive into this one, why is Mike Williams here an outlier for me? Like think about, and I'm putting you on the spot here, but think about what I love in fantasy players, what I hate. Why is it odd that I'm putting Mike Williams this high? Well, he's always hurt. Well, not always, but he's hurt a lot. I don't know of him not being a team player. I don't I don't remember anything about him not trying hard. Uh, my biggest thing, I don't know. He doesn't seem like a bad character guy necessarily. No, no, it's good. He just so he just never lives up to the billing. He's an endless roller coaster. You get 130 yards week one and three touchdowns. And I play him the next week. He gets me two catches for 19 yards, but he still had 11 targets. He just can't catch them, but they're not necessarily considered drops. Um, I don't know. He's my mind. Cause you know that I, I know that you had this here and uh, that that you had Williams. I, I, he should score more. It's just hard. And with this offense, But you're right. When you're the number two receiver on your own team, how can mm-hmm. you be ranked above the number one guy? Even though he beat him last year, though, I think he now missed a few games. I'm not certain about that. But I, I don't know. But you you nailed it with the roller coaster. Um, and that's the reason why I, I'm not high on other players. Although I will tell you, I made my list of 90 wide receivers. I ranked 90 wide receivers for this coming season. Obviously, it's going to change a lot. But right now, Mike Williams is at 11 for me. Or I'm sorry, Mike Evans is at 11 for me, and that's high because Mike you Evans know Mike? Evans. Mike Evans is at 11 okay. for me right now. Um, but I, so with Mike Williams, he certainly has a talent to be a top five wide receiver. I mean, he was uh, I think he was fourth overall pick out of Clemson when he came out, something like that. He has two seasons under his belt with over a thousand yards receiving. He's got a double digit touchdown year. He's already done it. And last year he had a season with over he had 129 targets, so he's got a season with over 100 targets. Through the first five weeks last year, he finished as wide receiver 16, wide receiver 10, wide receiver numero uno on the week. Then he had one of those dip games where he's only one catch for 11 yards. The following week, wide receiver one again. So he's he's got the pedigree. He showed that he can do it. He just can't do it consistently. The problem with him is the peaks and the valleys. Along with that one for 11, he was two for 27 one game, two for 19 another one. That's not going to cut it. Um, but even with those valleys, he still finished as wide receiver 10 in half-point PPR, five spots above his boy Keenan Allen, who is the number one receiver on the team. But we're not talking real football. We're not talking team football. We're not talking depth charts. Don't fancy football. I think Williams and Herbert going into year three together, coupled with a high-scoring division that they find themselves in, because we all know those games could end up 52-49 no matter who they play. And that's that's two, four, six games right there. But even outside of those um, of those divisions, they play the Jaguars, the Texans, the Seahawks, the Falcons and the Cardinals. Those are all, at least for me, either high scoring affairs or cupcake matchups. The season is looking good for my man, Mike Williams. And if he can continue building on what him and Herbert had last year, avoid um, some of those valleys. He, he was already top 10. So put him at the top. He's only got to improve five spots. He can yeah. do it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible. I, I wouldn't do it. I, I would be surprised if he, if he even is ahead of Allen 
But anyway, and I just look, Keenan Allen actually didn't miss any games. Yeah, your boy was the wide receiver two through the first five weeks of the season. Yeah. But ended up 10th. Uh, so, yeah, right. that he just – you're right. There's too many games. Kevin. If you're playing in a, in a dinosaur league where it's just total points for the season, the guy – I can definitely see, you know, all this happening. But that that's what I don't like about when we do rank them. Even though he finished 10, he killed some people. Because there's weeks oh, you're relying sure. on the guy to just have, like, 11, 12 points, and he got you 3.4. Uh, so, so it's so skewed with him. Uh, you know, we, we draw the line. It's just like this scatter plot with him. Right. Very difficult and I, to trust. Six, and he had, we think of him as the red zone guy. He had, do you know how many targets he had in the actual end zone? Tell me, Kevin. 16. In the end what zone, not the red zone. Ish. Literally, he's in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Caught only five. Well, it's also the play calling. If you watch some of those Charger games, it, it, I'm sitting there in my chair going, all right, well, they're just going to do this fade to the back corner of the end zone to Mike Williams, and they did it. And the very next play, I'm sitting there thinking, they're going to do this again. Boom, they did it again. Yeah, well, it didn't pan out. If he catches a few more of those, I guess this could happen. I What, I, what, I, what I'd be afraid of here is that last year, unfortunately, is his ceiling. Not saying he can't do it again. Not saying he can't go up a little bit, but. I'd be really surprised to see him finally now after all this make this jump because there's a lot of mouths to feed on that offense too. Sure. Um, and that's another issue with either one of these receivers is you never know when Austin Eckler is just going to bust off the 75-yarder. There's just so much going on. But you're right. I mean, if there's an offense where you could have two guys in the top 10, this is definitely one of them. Sure. These guys, Bengals, you know, there, there's, yep. and- there's a few. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe even the Raiders now with Adams and Renfro. Maybe I don't know, but yeah. and Waller. I don't think that this is as crazy of a bell ringer as you think, based on last season Good. and based on this offense coming up. Based on his career as a whole, it seems completely crazy and like you've lost your mind. And maybe you should think about maybe getting into a fantasy baking podcast because I know you're pretty good at cooking. Ooh, I do. I do love to throw the apron. I know you do. So maybe that's a route you could think about if Mike Williams ends up 49th. Hey, that you know what? Thank you for the idea. Um, you mentioned Bengals, and uh, I'm going to go right to them because not my number five is Jamar Chase, and uh, he scares me a little bit. But what a rookie year this dude had! In the second most receiving yards in a season by a rookie. Uh, number one, obviously, the household name Bill Groman from the 1960 Houston Oilers. I thought he was, he didn't. I thought he was number one for most receiving yards by a rookie. Bill Groman, 1960. He did in 14 games too. Um, For the record though, OBJ had the highest points per game by a rookie with 108, but he only played 12 games. Oh, are we talking about fantasy points or yardage? What are we talking about here? Yards. Oh, because my, my notes have Jamar Chase broke Jefferson's record for receiving yards by a rookie. Look up, look up Bill Groman, 1960. Who? Okay, we'll do this after the show. But while you're while you're doing that, think about how high the Bengals have risen in recent years, just as a team. Oh yeah. Not long ago, like they were it. they were laughing. They were they made the playoffs year after year with Andy Dalton running the helm, and still nobody really took him seriously. But right now, we have 
make one of the best quarterback running back wide receiver trios in the league oh, and yeah. an effort not to beat a dead horse. The quarterback is good because the running game's good because the receiver's good. All that helps chase. Um, another thing is he has, he made the most out of his opportunities, even though he only ranked 17th in targets, he was fourth in receiving yards. But I tell you what scares me is in terms of creating separation and winning contested situations, he was not great. Um, Chase was 66th in target separation, 70th in route win percentage. Remember, Stephon Diggs was like near the top. This guy was 70th. And he was 71st in contested catch rate. So if not for those stats, he'd be higher on my list. I mean, he might be, he'd probably be two or three. Now, granted, he's still top five, but this stuff gives me pause. I'm not sure he's going to repeat his 18 yards of reception that he had last year. And it feels like since he's not separating, he's not really winning contested catches. It makes me feel like a lot of these points and they were, they happened because of broken plays, big, long touchdown runs. And those are really tough to replicate. So we'll, we'll see. That one he should have had at the end of the Super Bowl. I know. Oh, when Ramsey fell down. And you've only brought this up on the show once I, an episode. So I can't. I wanted the Rams to lose so bad, so bad. So I didn't have to hear about Matt Stafford being a first ballot Hall of Famer instead of a oh, guy boy. who would never make it. So irritating. Nonetheless, I think we can chalk up. It's not an excuse, but a reason for some of that, those stats are being a rookie. It, it doesn't excuse it again, but. Would you think with, with a, any sense of rationale here that those numbers should improve this year? They definitely – you mean like his separation and all that yes, stuff? all sep- win rate, separation rate, contested catches. First, if I didn't think they would improve, he would not be five for me. Okay, well, I didn't then, think that, they- then okay, well, so if he was already doing all that stuff with those stats, imagine if he can just improve each of those by 50%. We're talking about a guy now that might be number one and will certainly counter that little bit of extra loss on the 18 yards per attempt. Um, was it 18 yards per catch or attempt? Catch. Catch. Okay, so that, that can counter that. Uh, I don't know, dude. This, his he ability for to you. score and the fact that they can't just double him all the time because then you're leaving these two other studs wide open all the time, and then you got on top of it mixing back there. Burrow, the most, the next Brady as far as fearlessness, never met a throw he didn't like, but can actually make them. It's not like far where it's just chuck it up and see what happens. I, I have him at four. He's going to have a couple drops. He's going to have a game or two where things don't work out, where Higgins becomes the primary target. Uh, I, I just, all those numbers aside, and he still did that well. So how can he this not do I- it again, right? This is one thing I love about fantasy football. We're talking about the same guy. I'm a little more hesitant on him. You seem to be, let's go, go, go. And he's only separated by one spot in our top five. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and who's uh, your other guy that we missed? Or you had another guy that well, I have five, two. Right? So I had JJ first and Cup two, but then I had Devontae Adams three because I don't think there's going to be a massive drop off. I'm, I'm not a fool. I'm not going to sit here and pretend Derek Carr is Aaron Rodgers because he's simply not. But man, when you and I discussed the college stats, when those he two might together, because be, a lot of yeah. people really, just your average football fan, has no two idea that they played together at Fresno State. You have the numbers in front of us because it's video I game do. numbers. I do. But so please, in 2012, 
Adams with Carr at the helm. 102 catches, 1,312 yards, 14 TDs. How many games? 13. Sickening, right? Not really. Because in 2013, 131 catches for 1,719 yards and 24 touchdowns. And catches a game? Catches a game was 131 and 13, so a little over 10 per game. And and uh, what, two touchdowns a game? Uh, he Yeah, just about. He had, in, in his 26 games with him, he had over 100 yards uh, 13 times, 200-plus yards, and three TDs all together in three games and two games with four TDs. That that 2013 year, he almost had the, the NCAA triple crown. He had the most catches, most t- TDs. Bonus question for you here, brother. Who beat him by 20 yards for the receiving yardage uh, title that year? 2013, you said, or 2014? Yeah. I'll give you one wait, hint. Wait, wait, 2013? 2013. Would you like one hint or you want to get after it? Am I am I gonna know it? I mean, like. Oh yeah, this is a this is okay. a real deal, Holyfield. All right, let's do. Um, give me one hint. Oregon State. It was Brandon Cooks. It was Brandon Cooks. Seventeen thirty nine. It was, was also Cooks, that season. Twenty four TDs was the fourth highest in NCAA history for a single season. I can't believe it won the highest. Third place, Stedman Bailey. Mr. WVU himself, 25 in 2012. All right, Mountaineers. Right Here's one we know. Maybe a few people heard of this guy. Randy Moss at Marshall, 25 in 1997. Do you know who has the most touchdowns in a single season NCAA history? Do I get another? 1998, Louisiana Tech. You're... This is somebody you know, I know, but most people probably never heard of. Not to be condescending people, but this is sort of a... 1998? Yeah. I don't know. Troy Edwards. Really? Yeah. The all-time 27 touchdowns at Louisiana Tech in 1998. So you put all that together. You send him to a team who already scored really well last year. They've got all the pieces. you got Hunter Renfrew, who's got to be loving this. Darren Waller, who's got to be loving this. You've got 58 running backs that you can throw in whenever you need a fresh one. What's not to like? I don't, I don't think there's going to be a drastic drop, drop off. He's still in his prime. He's not, he's not jumped out of that yet. He's not aged out of that yet. The dude catches everything. And he wanted to go here. This wasn't some deal where it just happened. Right. He's made it very clear, I think, for the last two years that he dreamt of someday being able to play with Derek Carr again. So what's not to like? Is he going to put up those kind of numbers? Of course not. But NFL comparable numbers, perhaps. The one thing that you asked what worries you, and for me it's target share because they already have Darren Waller. He's really their number one target. But Hunter Renfro really came on last year. And for Adams to repeat being top dog in fantasy land and dominating, he's got to have touchdowns. And I think he had – I mean, he had a ton, like 16, 18-something um, last year. 
Renfro, Renfro had the six most red zone targets of any receiver in the NFL. Sixth. Derek Carr gets down at, he gets down in the red zone and he looks for Hunter Renfro. Now, granted, I I know Adams wasn't there, but still, it's not like he's going to ignore the guy who's, you know, he's relied on the last two years. Oh, I I agree. I mean, they're going to spread it out some, but I just think he'll be the big home run guy. He only had 11 TDs last year. Now, Adams is my sixth ranked receiver, so it's not like I think you're crazy. Right. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I haven't there. I think he'll, I think he's just going to really excel there. I think they're going to, I think they gave up what they did and went after him for a reason, not to give him 90 targets and let Renfro run the show. I think, I again, this is another team, like we just mentioned a little, 10 minutes ago, we could have two guys potentially in the top 10, top 15 on one team. And, boy, is this going to boost Derek Carr? And are they ever oh, going to be time. throwing? Because, they're, again, we've got to play in this division where it's just going to be 52 to 49 week after week. Might be. Can add, you can you can you can rack up the points quick. And, no. and again, we can he, make that opposite thing again, though. The fact that he has helped, maybe it'll help him in Green Bay. He was double covered every freaking play and still contested catch after contested catch. He run straight through, just split two guys, split three guys. Maybe here it'll help that he isn't going to get double on every single play. Again, splitting hairs. Right. Now you mentioned earlier that. I may have been losing my mind a little bit with having Mike Williams in my top five. So please uh, show us all how much you've lost your mind with who your number five guy is. So this is a guy that in the once and done league last year, I believe it was week 19, no week, sorry, week 15, first week of our playoffs. I played a certain receiver out of Detroit and he blew up. And the first person to text me and congratulate you for playing him was Mr. Bobby Waugh, Esquire. Credit what it gave, credit when it's due. And you asked, like, what made you play him? Like, what were you thinking? I know he's had a couple good weeks, but whoa. And I I think we had a brief little talk about it. And then what did he do? I ended up looking like a fool because he crushed week 15 and week 16, 17, and 18 when everybody else ended up playing him. Yeah. So, Mr. Amon Ra St. Brown is my number five. And a lot of you are saying, this guy, who is this shit? Well, he's nuts. How could he possibly pick him? I'll tell you why. This guy has a rapport with Mr. Jared Goff, who isn't a very good quarterback, but he loves to throw to him. He, from weeks 13 to 18, was the number two fantasy wide receiver. Number two. For six weeks. It wasn't just like a lucky game here and there. It was consistency. It wasn't like he had a four touchdown game and just blew up the chart. That didn't happen. He did get a lot of targets, but not an incredibly lot more than others during those weeks. As a matter of fact, he had targets. He had 67 in those six weeks. Cooper cup had 65. Justin Jefferson had 69. Deontay Johnson had 60 and didn't do anything compared to what St. Brown did. So he's got all that going for him. This was not an accident, okay? He even threw a rushing TD into that. Yeah, maybe he's the next Debo. He had seven carries. I don't really think that. I'm pretending. Now, so some of the negatives, people say, well, Hawkinson missed that time, and Swift was banged up, blah, blah, blah. Jameson Williams is coming. Well, he's going to start the season on the puff anyway. DJ Chark's coming. He's coming off, what, a horrific injury. And who really is DJ Chark anyway? I think this He's dude is primed 
to be a guy he was, but this dude is primed to repeat. I could 100% see him top 10. I put him at five, along with about seven other guys I think could have been there. I decided to go with this guy because his end of the season, if he, if he can even do 70% of that, he's got a good chance of being number five. All right. So let me give you an option. Stefan Diggs was not in your top five, right? Correct. You draft Amon Ross St. Brown over Stefan Diggs. Well, I didn't necessarily say that. I just said, I think this year he'll be a top five and Diggs is like number seven for me. So if you think he's going to be better than Diggs, why well, would you I think draft this him year he might. Okay, then maybe I would draft him ahead of him. Okay. okay. Draft him over Debo. I don't think Debo is going to put up the numbers this year. He's yeah. a too much of a whiny little baby. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about him in a, in a different show. But yeah, yeah he's I not going to get used the way he was last year. He's going to just pull an AB and throw his jersey in a stance and do some jumping jacks well. as he leaves the field. Let's hope that doesn't happen. That's going to take away from his effectiveness. I really think it will. There's going to be <clears throat> I'll bring up one more thing before we move on to your favorite position, all fantasy, and that's kicker position. This year is wild, at least sitting here in June, as far as receivers go. This might be the deepest receiver class in fantasy that I can remember. Because <clears throat> if I'm looking at half point PPR, um, the ECR rankings like the expert consensus rankings that, that fantasy pros does our buddies over there, Joe P's and friends. It's wild. The value you can get deep right now. For, for example, your boy, Amon Ra, he's the 31st ranked receiver. Um, I know he's missing games. Deandre Hopkins is at 37. Now yeah. I'd imagine he's going to move up as he's goes to because just for name recognition, but let's talk about the number one receiver for green Bay, probably Alan Lazard. He's at 45. I'm not a big Alan Lazard guy, but we're both big Russell Gage guys. Russell Gage is 47. You're telling me Russell Gage isn't going to finish as a top three receiver? I mean, this barely makes him a top four receiver. This He's almost a wide receiver five territory. Right. You know who is wide receiver five? Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd was like the 29th ranked receiver last year. He had 52 right now. Yeah. I mean, again, there's a Kenny lot of Galladay. That. Kenny Galladay was getting drafted as a top 20 receiver last year. Obviously, things didn't go his way. Oh, no. He's 56 right now in expert consensus rankings. 56. I mean, some of this is, is based on last season. It's based on injuries, based on things you can't trust. Sure. It's based on the quarterback you have to play with. And, and, and then even tie into this with as far as how good of a player is compared to fantasy. You just asked you know, the Diggs thing. The situation that a player's with has so much to do with fantasy. Not necessarily that I think he's a vastly superior player to Diggs. I just think he's going to have more fantasy points. There's people sure. every well, year that about. have way more fantasy points than somebody else you would obviously draft ahead of, ahead of them that if you were able to put them into that situation would blow up maybe even more. So I don't sure. know that the question, I mean, it's a fair question, but there's just a difference. There's NFL, there's fantasy. They're just two different things. Yeah, well, that's why are. I asked you if you would draft uh, fantasy draft, if you would take a Monroe over digs or. Oh, I thought you meant an NFL draft. Like if I was drafting in the NFL, like who would I take? These are our top five fantasy rankings. I didn't know right? you weren't very clear. You should have okay. said that. I like okay. it. I'm a man who enjoys clarity, friend. I'm a man who enjoys clarity. 
In so, fantasy, so as as- I possibly would take him ahead of Diggs, yes. Okay, so any league I'm in with you, I will not have Amon Ross St. Brown on my team. I don't think that we'll be in any leagues together this year that we actually drafting each other. We have the once and done that, that I run that you'll be in, but well, I assume you're in it. We'll be in one. I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get going with one or two. We'll see. I, I don't like All doing right. too many leagues because, you know, it drives me a little nuts. It, it's very irritating. For sure. For sure. All right. Kickers. Um, the volatility I've said is why I don't like them. For example, Nick Folk. Now, listen, I'm expecting something different from Mike Williams, so don't get at me with that. I already said the peaks and the valleys are something I don't like. I think it's going to be better this year. And with the absence of Godwin, I already told you I'm not a Mike Evans guy. He's in my top 12. He's 11 right now. And I looked at the guys behind him. As this summer goes on, he's only going to move up if he goes anywhere. What is that's saying a lot. I'm, with- I'm turning a corner. Just listen. Volatility, okay? I'm turning a corner in my, what in my corner? fantasy life. You start life. talking about kickers now. We're talking about receivers again. I want to share this with you, Kevin. Okay, share, please. Share, I'm, share, please, I'm, I'm looking sharing forward to with it. you that the volatility is something I hate in fantasy. That being said, I'm doing my best to um, get better at not shunning, completely shunning guys because of it. That being said, it is the reason why I hate kickers because Nick Folk was a number two fantasy kicker last year. He had eight games with one or zero field goals. So basically half the season, he got at five or less, probably three or less points. For oh, your team. now I get it. He's the yeah, Mike Williams see. of kickers. Uh, Great for long-term as points, a, as but terrible for week-to-week reliability. Yes. The Mike correct. Williams of kickers. That's how I'm going to start doing now. These volatile players will be my Mike Williams of running backs. That's fine. Mike Williams now, of I quarterbacks. I'm interested to see how you do kickers because for me, when I make my list, I put Justin Tucker number one because he's Justin Tucker. Yes. <laughs> and then I look at I look at high-powered offenses. That's it. I, and then I look at offenses that are pretty good but have a chance of stalling out. Yep, that's and what you want. The Patriots are a prime example because that's, that's an offense, and I have – um, Nick Folk as my third kicker. It's they're going to move the ball down the field, and he's going to get a lot of attempts. Right? He was they they were third in field goal attempts last year. And if you want to dig a little deeper, because I did this for you, four kickers, uh, the Patriots were had the fourth lowest fourth down attempts. So they're they're not if it's you know if they're on their own thirty five and it's fourth and one. The Eagles are probably going to go for it. Riverboat Ron and the Commanders, they might go for it. Patriots aren't going to go for it. They're going to kick out field goal. Nick Folks will get you those points. I got you. So, but tell so, me about your top five. So who do you, you have do? at one then? Tucker? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so for I me, have Tucker. He's the most okay. reliable kicker in NFL history. He now has the longest field goal in NFL, NFL history, which, oh, I remember I was downstairs sitting in the recliner watching that, and Nobody I'm just cares. fired up. And I'm just, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. We're going to lose to the freaking Lions. Lo and behold, the God who walked as a man, Justin Tucker, trots out to the field. Boom! Bounces it off the crossbar, up and in. Victory. The phone's blowing up. Oh, just, I, the only thing that could have made it better is a purple confetti started falling from the ceiling in the living room. Oh, Lordy, what a great, great, great Sunday afternoon. 
So he's if that wasn't one. if that wasn't the most lion's way to lose, I don't I don't know what. Oh, it what? Is. <laughs> got that right? Those poor fellas. They, they can snatch defeat in the in the arms of victory better than anybody else. <laughs> you got that straight. So that he's one. I got Harrison Bucker. Is there a team, at least last year, that was worse in the red zone than KC? They weren't he's they like for 30th five. or 31st or something in the red zone. They can yep. score from 75 yards out, but they can't score from 7.5 yards out. The only notes I have next to Butker's name are Stall Out City. Nice. <laughs> they just it's it's uncanny. And it didn't used to be and, that way. It just and it might even be worse without Hill. It, it might. I don't I, I again I, I we have I different know. thoughts on that KC offense this year. I got Tyler Bass at three. They score a lot of points and inexplicably they stall sometimes too. He gets a lot of chances. We talked last week how Buffalo never punts. They're either going for a touchdown or kicking a field goal. You can't help but get some points if you stay on the field. I want to add to your reasons for you pick people. One more thing I add is I do like it, at least in my league of record, to pick a kicker that I know is most likely not going to have one of the little pansy injuries that kickers tend to have because I can't afford to be wasting salary cap money picking up kickers. I got I threw Dustin Hawkins into my number four because I think the Chargers are going to score so much that he might have seven points on the week, and they're all extra points. That's true. I'm not lying. I I really think that they're going to score so much. I do think they'll lead the league in scoring that he's going to get points regardless. And then at number five, I have somebody, the only, only kicker to finish each of the last two seasons in the top five. Name that kicker. Um, Matt Gay, Sir Daniel Carlson. Oh, uh, he was number one last year, wasn't he? Yeah, number one last year, number five two years ago. Uh, yeah, why shouldn't they score a lot? They've upgraded the offense, defense seems like it's going to be a little better. They're going to score a lot of points. He gets to kick, I guess that the stadium's not truly inside, is it? Is it a full fledged dome in Las Vegas? What? Um, no, no I don't know. I don't either. I was, I'm question. thinking about it. like, is that a full-fledged dome or a retractable or a tiny hole? It's, well, we'll look it's, into it for next week. I'll, I'll ask uh, Tommy Tunut and see see what he knows. Uh, so that's my top five. I also want to make it clear to everyone, I don't give two craps about fantasy kickers except for Justin Tucker, but that's just because he's dreamy. I only love the kicker position because Bobby hates it so very much. It warms my heart when his kicker goes out and scores two points in any given week. And mine scores 21. I just love it. It makes me feel good about myself. And we just, we go on. It's a never ending struggle. Now for the record, when the opposite happens, this just proves my hatred for kickers. When the opposite happens and the guy I'm playing, his kicker scores two and mine scores 21. And that's the reason I won. I'm just as irritated. Yeah. I'll take the win, but I don't, that's not how I want to win. I don't want to win that way receivers because do it all the time there's running backs that do it all the time it's you want to add these you, endless flexes but they're flexes of guys that are like fifth string players who in any given week either have one for seven or seven for 99 and a touchdown it's also very volatile because you're going so deep into players but that's going to help you the guys who do the research and put in the work like us it's going to pay off for us in those late rounds in our drafts we're going to pick better guys more often than not I can buy what you're selling a little bit in smaller leagues, especially like 10-team leagues. But if you're playing a 10-team league, 
Stop watching our show. You shouldn't be playing fantasy football. Twelves, maybe four. Find two more friends. I'll buy <laughs> a 16 team league like mine. I can't have more flexes. We already have two flexes. I, I hear you. The, the, you're you. We can barely field teams as it is. I, we had to change some things around just so you can field a full team. So the kicker is in there. If we got rid of the kicker, it'd just be to get rid of it and then just not replace it with sure. anything. Um, but we like kickers because there's a couple idiots in the league that like to spend eight dollars on a kicker. More power to you. I'll take Daniel Carlson for three and have him lead the league. Yeah. Well, the only other, the only one I did not have Carlson. I had Matt Gay. Um, okay. He was ninth in attempts last year. He was top five last year. I think he was five. Yeah, he was four. Um, four. And in, in our once and done, he was four. Okay. And I, I just, I mean, I anticipate them having a great offense again with Stafford and. You know, they they lost Robert Woods for half the year, but they brought in Allen Robinson. And if he can be even, you know, 75, 80 oh, yeah. percent of what he once was, that offense is going to be real tough to stop. No doubt. He's got a great stadium to kick in. Yep. Why not? I mean, he's he's going to get plenty of opportunities. There's no doubt about that. All right, man. Anything else for you, sir? Do the Rams and Chargers play. Good question. Off the top of my head, I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you know what? I think I do know because when I talked about Mike Williams, I mentioned uh, in his matchups, he plays um, the Seahawks and the Cardinals. So that leads me to believe that he plays the Niners and the Rams as well. Who does? Who plays them? I would guess that they I would guess that they're playing the NFC West this year because they play the Seahawks and they play the Cardinals. The Chargers do. Correct. Then they must play the NFC West. They couldn't play both of those teams if they didn't. They could only play right. one of them. Right. Oh, well, that, that'll be juicy then. That should be a cool yeah, game. That'll be great. Hopefully it's in L.A. and they didn't ship that one off to Mexico or London. Yes. They how could, they how could. much of a slap in the face, just a total D-I-C-K move, would it be for Goodell to move the L.A. versus L.A. game out of L.A.? The only way to fill that stadium is to have both teams in it at the same time. <laughs> That's See, they couldn't do that. They couldn't do that. That's they the only way to when the Steelers come to town or maybe the Patriots. Maybe. Green I, Bay. The maybe. problem with the Steelers coming to town, if the Steelers take 75% of the seats, the Rams or the Chargers still are holding their end of the bargain. Well, that that's well, they might not. Yeah. It, it's odd why they had no teams there for a long time, I thought, for a reason. So what do we do? Let's go ahead and just put two there within three years. Hey, listen, I really I know I mentioned this before, but I'm pulling for the Chargers. I'll I'll be out throwing a Charger jersey for a for a Sunday. I'm, I'm I told you I'd like it to be the Super Bowl. I think that'd be awesome. It'd be so freaking it cool. It would. All right. Anything else for you, sir? No, I think I'm pretty good, brother. We uh next awesome. week we're gonna do uh new places, new faces, correct? I think it's I think old faces, new places. So, uh-huh. so it's not rookies, so we don't confuse people. Okay, so Old faces, we so we're going to do players and some coaches, correct? Sure, sure, yep. Uh, yeah, um, you can make the case that a lot of these cases in, in in these spots, the the coaches have more bearing on maybe than the players. A very overlooked thing in in yep. fantasy football, and we'll 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 dig into that deeper uh, a week from today. If y'all have any questions, please shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter. We'll definitely be able to answer you. Our tunes are by Flatline. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on Spotify, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at GYBR underscore podcast. Again, that's at GYBR underscore podcast. Do the likes, the notifications, subscribes, all that good stuff for us. Thanks again. 
See you, everybody. See ya.